top of the morning to you, top of the morning to you on this fabulous Friday. This is your girl, Frida. I am your host, here to bring you the most from WDGS on your podcast station, whichever platform you're tuned into. I am available recording from Anchor Podcasts and Spotify. But you can tune in to different platforms. I'm available on Apple, Sketcher, iPod Radio, to name a few. Check me out. Today, 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 we're going to talk about five tips when it comes to the word fear. You know, fear is something that everybody has experienced at some point and time in life. And I just want to share with you five tips to help you if you want to be helped. One thing about help and assistance, you have to want it. And when you want it, that want has to be in such a way that you're willing, you're willing to practice And apply the tools or tips that you receive. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Fear has robbed many of us from great joys and happiness. Fear has caused many of us to be killed in this entire world out of fear. The entire world, the whole earth, let me put it that way. It has caused many of us to be killed. It has caused many people to steal fear. And fear has caused many people to be destroyed. And we all know, all of those of us who live by the God belief system of the most read book in the earth, the Bible... We know that to kill, to steal, and destroy is not of God. Therefore, fear, mm, my goodness, it's imperative that we work on fear. That's why I'm going to bring these five tips. You know, I want to say I'm thankful to be tuned in to you this fabulous Friday. I'm thankful that you have been extended grace. Grace is beautiful because it has covered us and preciously protected us through our fears. And it woke us up and allowed us to continuously start on our way. And that's given to us each day that we are here. Number one, the first thing about fear is to identify. Identify why you are afraid. And in identifying why you are afraid, there's three things you will need to pay attention and or address. One is knowing this about fear. It's inbreded. In every human being, every human life that has breath has an inbreded 
measure of fear, I always say fear and faith is something that's inbreded. That means we're born in it. It's inanated in us. It, it comes automatically because we have breaths of life. So know that it's inbreded. It's born in us. That's why some people are afraid of heights. Many people are afraid of death. We are afraid of creatures like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. This is why the people who hunt, they have to have a weapon. Most people just in the event because trying to combat certain creatures. And even there are creatures, we don't need a weapon like spiders or mice. I don't know about everybody else, but no, it's just certain creatures. That gives us snakes. That gives us an inbred amount of fear. The next type of fear you want to identify is, is it judgmental fear? Many people have a judgmental fear. And this fear is because you may be afraid of what others would think and say about you for being who you are or what you are. That's why you have so many people that say, I'm shy. Because shyness is concealed most of the time because people don't want to expose their true self. So therefore, they they hide behind their shyness. That's considered a fear. They, they're not boldly, they're not boldly establishing their self-esteem to embrace themselves for their true self. So therefore, they hide behind the judgmental fear. And so your true self-identity, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this, is generally hid behind your fear. This is why a lot of time people relationships or become toxic because somewhere there's a fear, a judgmental fear that is down inside of them. And I'm going to keep it moving because I'm going to talk about that on number five, a, a little more about relationships. Number two, once you identify your fear, you know, and determine out of the three things I named, if it's an inbred fear that you're born with, if it's a judgmental fear that you have, and if it's a, a fear because of relationships, which is the third, third type of fear, connecting with people, connecting and disconnecting. So I fear usually come under those three categories. So number one, remember, identify what it is that you are afraid of. Number two, search for ways you and only you, only you, the person who lives inside of you can change that fear in your life. There are many tools out here on the market today even this podcast, hopefully it can resonate and assist you. But there are many blogs, there are many YouTube uh, programs. I mean, things are just so readily available 
to assist us in the privacy of our homes where people don't even have to know where we're coming and going to obtain this assistance. So you want to search for ways you and only you, the person who lives inside of you, can change that fear in your life. And the main thing that you would have to utilize in on your body, let me say on your body, is the circumference of your brain. Your brain is the primary ability to overcome fear. You will need to start with the way you think. Your thinking and your thoughts. Your thinking and your thoughts. Until you become mindful to your the words that float around in your mind, or well, I hope somebody grabbed that, you will not be able to process how to push past your fear. So to process how to push past your fear, it will start with your thinking and your thoughts. The words that you are not mindful. That's why I tell people I'm a word person. You must be mindful of the words that when they come out of your mouth, they are already formulated in your mind. Or oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. When they come out of your mouth, they are formulated from your mind. Words are very powerful. Very, very powerful. Be mindful of people when they say what they say out of their mouth because it comes from a thought process in their mind. And what happens is, and I talk about it in one of my books, Power in the Process, available on Amazon. When your mind articulates the formulation of words, it connects with your heart. Everything in your brain circumference, your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, all these have a vein. And all the veins connect together and it flows to your heart. That's why the Bible said, out of the issues of your heart. See, this is so profound, people. In another book, I really encourage you, if you're interested in that, it's available on Amazon. Ladies, what did God say? What are you? Type that in the search bar. What are you? Ladies, what did God say? What are you? Or you can type my name in, Alfreda, A-L-F-R-E-D-A-P-U-T-M-A-N. And you will see several of my books that come up in Amazon. Now, let me move on to number three. Because once you search out ways to change your thinking and your thoughts, when you become mindful of your own words in your mind, that is the second thing to help you with your fear. Number three, commit your ways into what works. When you find tips and tools that work for you, it's imperative and important that you commit your ways into what you see that works for you. When you allow yourself to get distracted, it's when it's not working for you. See, when you really want something to work for you, you must commit. Commit your ways after you discover your safe place. See, when you discover what works for you, that's your safe place. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. 
Commitment is always a challenge. It is always, always, always a challenge because what it does, it pushes you outside of what you're accustomed to doing or familiar with doing. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So commitment is always a challenge. Don't think that you're the only one being challenged with change. Ooh, I hope somebody got that. You are not the only one being challenged with change. See, that's another thing where you have to, I always say, put that in the garbage disposal. Because when you sitting around telling yourself, I'm the only person, I'm the only person who can't get it right. I'm the only person who keep messing up. I'm the only person who always doing wrong. Well, see, right there, right there. That's because you have not committed. And see, so commitment is going to be a challenge. But trust me, you're not the only one. Any person you see on TV, news, all these people all over the world that have made achievements, it came from a commitment. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Every person you see rich, successful, that achievement came from a commitment. And so when you commit, commitment is always a challenge for any achievement, whether it be in education, on your job, whether you're a talented celebrity, whether you just want to look for a career opportunity. Even when you're just a job seeker, if you committed, they tell you in the unemployment, when I used to get unemployment, you had to, each week, you had to commit to job search. Everything that you commit to in order to achieve, you must understand that it works for your good. And number two, when you commit your ways into what work, understand that in order to have healthy relationships, because we need relationships, we do not live in this world alone unless you live on an island by yourself, okay? Therefore, you will need to interact with people. I never understood the comment when people would use their mouth to say things, well, I don't need nobody, or I'm just not going to deal with nobody. What do you mean? Are you going to seclude yourself on an island? Everybody has to deal with somebody. Let's put that phrase in the garbage disposal. But at least say, I want to deal with people to cultivate healthy relationships for myself. See, we, it's a word thing. We have to learn how to interact words in order to bring better opportunities for achievement, even in our own lives. We want to have healthy relationships. We want them to thrive beautiful and better. But that comes with a common dedication. And that again, hear the word commitment. Commitment is our best regards to understanding life greater good. Until you get a mindset, follow these tips to understand better. Above all you're getting, get understanding. That's why sometimes when people talk to me, I say, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) Number four, we're almost to the end. Partnership. Fear. When you are dealing and facing fear, that's why we cannot use the word, I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. Yes, you do. 
That's one thing about anything, whether it be fear, fabulous, or faith. You must be ever so mindful, to be honest. Walk in your own truths. I did a podcast about that probably about a month or two ago, about walking in your truths. When you deny what you already know is true, how can you fix your mouth to say you don't never need nobody and you're not going to deal with nobody? Yes, you are. You got to deal with people from the supermarket, pay bills. So let's just put that phrase in the garbage disposal, okay? Number four, partnership. Partnership with someone who encourages your, your participation in following these tips, in following the, th- the tools that you are seeking to help you overcome fear. Partner with someone. That, if that person encourages your participation in practicing how to stay calm, you know how some people will just call me sometime to talk them off a ledge. When you find people like that, oh, I hope somebody grab this. When you have people who encourages your participation, how to practice your calmness, then those people are the people you should keep a loyal position with. Don't turn on those people. Don't bash them. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because I'm going to tell you what happens. Everybody at certain points in time when they are loyal to commit their time to you and commit their golden nuggets to you and you know they can talk you off of the ledge, that you know they can talk you past your your fears to have faith, those are not the people you never want to be disloyal to. You know, there were people on my journey no matter what. I remain loyal to them. And let me share this to your ears because this is where many a times we miss the mark. Just because they boldly said things to me that I already knew was true. Listen to what I said. When people boldly say things to you that you already know is true, don't fall out with them. I'm old school. We came up during a time where people got to say things to you bold and brash. I've never been a person that too much wear my feelings on my sleeve. See, that too is a form of fear. Go back and listen to number one. When you in that shyness, when, when, when you are so emotionally detached from the reality of knowing that the truth don't always have to be said like somebody burping your back like a baby. Long as you know it's truth. See, and the more mature you get, the tougher your skin should get to be able to receive truth, whether it's bold, brash, low tone, high tone, it equals truth. And that should be all that your mind computes, truth. So when you practice coming out of fear and you know to stay calm, get with somebody who's going to be honest with you. I had people to, to, to speak to me very sharply and I didn't fall out with those people. You know why? 
Because whatever they said, the first thing I ask myself is, did they talk to me truthfully? And that's all that mattered. I didn't concentrate on their voice tone like a lot of people now. Oh, you got to patty cake them and burp them and give them a pacifier. And let me tell you about people like that sometimes. They can talk like that. They can say all the nice, soothing words. But the first time you say something they don't like, they'll stop calling you and fall out with you. I'm just saying the first time. Not the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. The first time. And if you watch and examine their spirit, they'll do it every time. Because of the truth. Not because you lied on them. And they'll sit around and hang around with people who will bald face lie to them and talk about them behind their back. And laugh in their face. Oh, y'all act like you, you know, come on now. I'm just keeping it 1,000. Don't get caught up in the hype of the tone, but be more caught up in the truth. So practice staying calm. It's a position. If that person you partner with, if they share that with you, if they give you that, if they build up your self-esteem, don't be trying to look at the little micro part where they might made you feel some type of way. Because see, that's a whole nother teaching on self-esteem. It's not about people tone as much as it is people truths. So be loyal to those people. Most people don't understand what a difference it is to walk in pairs of two. Two are always, the Bible say, two are always better than one. But I say two are more. It always adds more strength. It keeps you from overstraining. It really does. Just think about it. Two eyes keeps you from overstraining one. Two hands, two feet, two lungs, two lips, two legs. And certainly the beauty of two people are more committing to one another. Committing to the no matter what, I appreciate. I appreciate you. See, and that comes to encourage your life. Even in my many wrongful ways, someone who ever would remain committed to me, I appreciated them so much. I really, really did. I mean, I really appreciate people that no matter what, even in my wrongful ways, they remain committed to me. Hanging in there. Hanging in there is not easy. I'm telling you. I'm challenged with it even to today. Certain things I truly have to disconnect myself from. But there are couples I've seen they are hanging there truly for better, for worse, for sickness, for health. So long as they shall live, they will hang in there. And this is very common in motherhood, marriage, and ministry. There are some mothers, I don't care what, they're going to hang in there. There are certain marriages, they're going to hang in there. And there are some pastors with sometimes the entire church is almost still in a disarray after years and years of ministering and pouring out to them. But they hang in there. And I always respect and appreciate people that hang in there. And in these 
loyalties or position. When you see people have shown you strengths to help you overcome your fear, you should stay connected and partner with those people. Speaking on relationships, which bring me to number five, learning the power of communication. Learning the power of communication is our non-fearful language. And that word is love. Love languages. You should respect all love language. There are different types of love, but you should respect receiving that love as you share love. When you receive that non-fearful love language and you respect it, you share it. And it's that person, you know, sometimes you call and talk to and you hear a pure, honest, peaceful words of blessings, of joy to your life. There are always diversities of various different types of love. And they can be quite confusing because they have been that way for me. Sometimes they can be hurtful, confusing, or even sad. That's why I I, I, I mentor, when I mentor about love, I mentor about mastering divine love. What does that mean? That means when you master divine love, it's said to be perfect. Because it does not love you because you love them. Oh, I hope somebody got that. See, divine love is said to be perfect because it does not love you or stop loving you. Get this now. Based upon the stuff and things you buy. Mm. Let Let me repeat that. Divine love does not love you Or stop loving you based upon the stuff and things you buy. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Do I need to say it one more time? Divine love is said to be perfect because it does not love you or stop loving you based upon the stuff and things you buy. That's one of my pet peeves. When people buy gifts or give money, they think if they stop giving you gifts and stop giving you money that you... That, that, that they that they hurting you. They're punishing you. Well, all that shows me is every time you say you love me, it wasn't about loving me. It was about me reciprocating what you, the things you do and the things you don't do. Your stuff and your things, which I hadn't met anybody to give me a million dollars. So I don't even understand why people get so caught up in, as, as I got an auntie that say, in people when they nickel and dime you with stuff and they think you're supposed to be so overjoyed. But I'm just saying, the stuff and things that you buy or you give other people, they don't realize you are sharing your breast of life with them. Every time I call and talk to somebody, I'm consciously aware I am sharing my breaths of life with them. Because trust me, I talk a lot, I'm lengthy on the phone, but I'm never easily bored. Never, ever, ever from a little girl, I could always find something to do. So to me, that's a love language. That's why I say you got to learn your love language. When someone is willing to share the breaths of life with you, you are important to them. 
I'm just saying. Sometimes people do, especially, especially, listen now, let me add this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Especially when you're calling them because you need them to talk you off the ledge. When you're calling them because you need them to calm you down from doing something that you know could get you in bigger trouble. I'm just saying. When you have those people who are willing to share your their breast of life with you, those people are extending a love language. And they're doing it and it's not selfish. It's not self-centered. When it's divine, because divine love toward people are not shared in fear. See, I don't talk to people in fear. That's why I don't keep no tab. Oh, you call me, then I call you. If you don't call me, I'm not going to call you. You didn't call me back, I'm not going to call you back. The only way I get to that level, if I've called you so many times, and sooner or later I get a light bulb on to remind me the Holy Spirit said, they never reciprocate. They never reciprocate. You've been the one initiating the calls for the last five years. They may return your call, but they never initiate. Oh, I hope somebody got that. It's one thing to return a call. It's another thing to initiate a call. If people sooner or later don't reciprocate to me, you know what? I've reached the conclusion to realize, okay, they don't know my love language. So they don't appreciate my breath of life. So you know what I need to do? I need to respect their boundaries. Because apparently they've drawn the invisible line between their life and mine. You ever met people like that? And every time you talk to them, you have to initiate the call pretty much. And if you do hear from them, they're returning your call. Sometime over years, you may need to draw a boundary line, an invisible boundary line, and not overstep it. Because then you get into the disrespectful zone. And like I say, I'll reach out. But I don't reach over. And when I'm reaching over, my grandma told me, you reach over people, you say, excuse me. If you don't, you're being disrespectful. So after so long, when people don't reciprocate, you know what? From my constant initiation, I know how to back up. I know how to back up. So when we look at things like that towards people who, who we, you know, when you're sharing your fears with them and they're there for you. That's divine. Divine love toward people are not shared in fear. You're not afraid of losing a friendship because somebody said something you didn't like. You, you, you know, you're having happy faith. That's what I call it. You're having happy faith that you believe here's a person that know you. They can speak openly and candidly with you. Then they're not doing it in a way to hurt and harm you, but to help you. Oh, I hope somebody got that. So happy faith for what we know God sent from above. That's when you understand divine relationships. That is divine. And nothing that that person says was sent to us to share to us in words whatever caused us to lose loving them in spirit. We may not deal with them anymore, you know, physically, but in spirit, your heart, whenever you think about them, it'll always be a love spot. From that love language. Learn your love language. Get to know people. Sometimes people take everything so personalized about everybody. If you know that's how a person is. And you know they doing it in love and don't mean no harm. Then don't group them with everybody else. Can we get that? That is divine. 
And nothing God sends to us is ever lost in spirit. If God truly ordained that person to be in your life for a season and a reason, then guess what? It's not about we ourselves. If it was ordained, then that person would not be in your life because it was obtained. I hope y'all got that. I'm, 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 I'm near the end. When God ordains a person in your life, it's different from you reaching out to obtain a person in your life. Oh, I hope somebody got that. When sometimes, you see, if you lose a person in a marriage, then I heard a young Zant say something years ago. She said, you didn't lose a husband. She was talking, I guess, addressing, you know, some women because she said, you didn't lose. You just was being transformed for another divine being to manifest themselves in your life. That's why I said out of my two marriages, they were not divine because if they were divinely sent, then I wouldn't have lost. See, it's a difference between divine, ordained, and obtained. Was was the person in your life ordained or obtained? See, many times, and I got to say this, and I'm going to put a pen in this podcast. Many times when we obtain people of our own doing, it comes from a deliberate decision of deception. Mm. It comes from a deliberate decision of deception. And that's why it is scripturally written. Perfect love casts out all fear. When you're in marriages and relationships, if you're afraid to let your husband dress up and go to the store, or a husband afraid to let his wife dress up and go to the store, see, that that relationship, I always think about former President Jimmy Carter and his wife, because I believe they have a divine, God-sent marriage. And nothing God sends is ever lost in spirit. If God truly ordained it, you won't walk around in fear. You won't be fearful if they go visit people. You won't be fearful if they communicate with other people. You won't be fearful truly, and I got to say this, about the people they used to date. OMG. That is the biggest fear factor from the forces of spiritual wickedness in high places. Why would you fret about a person somebody used to be with? They left that person alone and they had every opportunity to go back with them way before they connected themselves with you, before they obtained. See, that's the obtained relationships. When you obtain somebody, you'll walk around in that fear factor and that phobia. But when you know it's ordained love, it truly will cast out all those fears. You won't worry about it. You'll be like, okay, honey, well, you can go and I'll see you when you get back. 1 John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. I'm just saying. 
Now, if you believe in God and you believe in the ordination, divinity of the scriptures to be profound, who report are you going to believe? This is not my words. This is biblically written, and I mentor from the fundamentals of scriptural contents. It says, if you are walking around being tormented in your relationship, because fear hath tormented you, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. So when people like to say, oh, I love you, I love you, yes, you may. But then if you got any fear about connecting and disconnecting, then you don't have perfect love. And perfect love is the one that casts out all fear. Hopefully these five tips will enlighten you to be better at overcoming your fear factors and phobia. And until the next podcast upload, you do have a fabulous Friday. And may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires as you delight yourselves in God. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, God bless. Bye for now.